My name is Lex, and this week on Spidey Signals, me and my co-host Alex recap our time with the Raimi trilogy, discuss the cancelled Spider-Man 4, and look towards the upcoming amazing duology. Get ready, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man movies. I'm Lex. And I'm Alex. Uh, last week, we completed uh, the Raimi trilogy. We talked about Spider-Man 3, which uh, was not good. At least I didn't think it was. It has its moments. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> I call it good with a lowercase g, but we have a whole episode about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this week is going to be something a little different. Uh, we're not talking actually about a movie. Well, we are talking about a movie, but it's a movie that didn't come out. Uh, we are recapping our time with the Raimi trilogy, and we're also going to talk about Spider-Man 4, uh, which was supposed to come out in 2011, but ended up not happening at all. Sony ended up rebooting the franchise, uh, and we'll be moving on to our second group of films. The Amazing Spider-Man duology. Now, of course, I don't have any facts or uh, personal experiences to open with, so I think we should just start with our own positives and negatives for what we thought about this series. Uh, do you want to go first, Alex? I would love to. Um, so my positives list and my negatives list are pretty much the same length. Uh, I tried not to get you know too off the map or anything like that with all this. I just wanted to keep it my most general positive and negative thoughts about these things you know stuff that that deserves to be said i guess i i should say uh right off the bat uh like we've discussed in pretty much all the episodes i am a big fan of the raimi suit uh you know people you know we all have different opinions about it and we even have differing opinions here on the show but i just think the suit is so emblematic of the like the time capsule this movie represents you know what i mean it, it, it's yeah. it's new it's 21st century it's edgy without being like completely embarrassing 20 years later it's a little goofy but it's it's campy goofy and that works so well for this in a way that bat nipples never did uh i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of the raimi costume as i've said before on the show but i think the best way to compare it uh is looking at it with what was going on contemporary at the time which was most prominently the X-Men movies where they were all wearing these yeah. horrific black leather outfits that had no You're color. You're lucky you didn't get black leather Peter in any of these movies. Yeah, it's lucky that he even looks like Spider-Man. In my opinion, we don't get we don't get into the really good suit until like Amazing Spider-Man 2, but even I have my problems with that suit. Mm -hmm. Like I said in the in the Spider-Man 2 episode, it's hard to straddle that line between looking good on a real physical human being in movement, in motion, right, uh, and looking like it does in the comics. Yeah, because you have to you have to take into consideration with that idea that you know you can put a body in one panel uh, in any contortion you want, but to have it move like that fluidly and like still make sense to the eyeball and not completely take away your like sense of. Uh, your suspension of disbelief is, you know, it's tough to pull off and the right suit can help that. And the right suit can make it look like a PlayStation one cutscene. Yes. And especially because if you look at a, at a, at a drawing, you can have really high contrast um, shading, which will break up the colors on the suit and make it look 
like it look cleaner because having a having a just a, a suit that it looks like it does in the comics, it looks kind of weird on in real life because mm-hmm. it's just these large blocks of color and there's nothing to really break it up. Right. It's all about shading, how dynamic it can get. Well, I will I will certainly get into this when we get to that episode. Uh, but I don't I don't think we really got the costume right until we got to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Especially not on the next fucking episode. Jesus Christ. We're going to have a field day. Oh, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to completely derail your conversation. No, no. I, we're here to talk about Spider-Man, man. That's all we're doing. Uh, my, my next positive, uh, I have to hand it. I, I'd be remiss if I did not make one final commendation, one final like acknowledgement. There, you know, Spider-Man has a mythos full of iconic characters, and pulling any character to the screen is a test. But to nail... Like the perfect combo, if you ask me, we got a Norman Osborn, an Otto Octavius, a Ben Parker, and last but not least, a J. Jonah Jameson, like for the all times. Those four characters I just named are there. There are other performances for most of them, but none are better. Uh, I those are strong positive cases I want to make for this movie. These movies. Uh, <laughs> tell me anything memorable about Norman Osborn in the amazing movies you know like he's not even in it until the second one uh there's a picture of him in the first <laughs> that's it oh my god we'll get he's... there we will i wrote a st- I, when i when i when i was promoting the 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 last week's episode i i wrote on my own twitter account that i this spider-man 3 was the beginning of this franchise's cinematic dark age and i am not happy about the next two episodes <laughs> Oh yeah, these movies are going to be bad. But but in one and two and three, we got some some character performances like that rival Oscar winning stuff. Uh, just the, I, those four characters, I wanted to make one final like bow on like thank you for your service, sir. Yes. Uh, another positive, uh, Spider Man the first is technically a Thanksgiving movie. A lot of people, you know, they default <laughs> this this time of year to planes, trains, and automobiles as well. If I have to watch a Thanksgiving movie. Remember next year, Spider-Man 1 is a Thanksgiving movie, so. (laughs) Um, I didn't know quite how I wanted to phrase this, but the closest I could come is that these movies are uh, iconic in their own right. Um, I kind of said a little bit of this with our with our suit conversation, but like there's just such a a, a palette and an overall mood that never breaks in these movies. They're they're a creator's vision that, you know, it eventually gets a little meddled with at the end. But for the most part, generally speaking, these are like filmmakers films. Sam Raimi loved making these movies. And you can tell you can tell he had a love for the source material, for the process. Every single part of it is made with love. I would say that it breaks uh by the time we get to the third movie mm-hmm. uh because the color grading is so different oh talk, for sure uh, I, don't th- I think i maybe cut that out of the last episode the color grading is different in spider-man 3 it's like not orange anymore like it is in one and two it's more blue uh, it feels different it feels like a very different movie right especially with a lot of the executive meddling in that uh but yeah these especially compared to what's coming up next uh the next two movies uh these feel like real movies that were mm-hmm. like made with soul and passion. And that is that is something I cannot say for the amazing Spider-Man duology. Uh, <laughs> now I I'm gonna just keep shitting on these movies. Exciting couple of weeks ahead of us. Uh, 
Um, while I believe X-Men had the first Stanley cameo, uh, Spider-Man did a great job of solidifying those as a commonplace thing. Um, because I want to say X2, when did that come out? Was that before or after Spider-Man 2? The first X-Men came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. The sequel I'm confused on, I think maybe 03? 03, yeah. Yeah, okay, so while while the X-Men did do it two in a row first, I guess, Spider-Man uh, had more good movies. <laughs> there's three, go- there's two and a half good Spider-Man movies in the Raimi trilogy. I can't say the same for however many X-Men movies there are. So but the Spider-Man X-Men movies, did, movies. They, they helped build that bridge of solidifying the cameos, which, you know, everyone loves to talk about them in the MCU all day, but goddammit, Raimi was one of the first to do it, so show some respect. Um among all the other things, like I mentioned, with like those iconic comic character portrayals, even when Raimi uh, introduced like new just goof side characters, because there's always got to be a new side character in Spider-Man. It's a very small. Of course, you have to, there's ones in the amazing movies. There's ones in the MCU. But uh, you could do a lot worse than the Ditkovich family and Hoffman. Um, I know I, I, you've heard me sing their praises uh, three episodes in a row in the past, but. I just think, you know, it's fun. Raimi had fun with these movies. Um, yeah, they're, fu- they're, they're fun movies. The score I wanted to uh, eulogize. That is, that is, that is also well, on here. my list. Yeah, it, it, Danny Elfman, he, he had already made an, a considerable name for himself. I, I distinctly remember the first time I recognized his name. I, I, I'd grown up watching this movie over and over, so I knew him from Spider-Man. Uh, I watched Beetlejuice. And I remember seeing the words Danny Elfman on the screen. I was like, oh, him. And, you know, here we are 20 years later. And, uh, you know, I know what Oingo Boingo is now, so I'm annoying. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I, Christopher Young did a, a phenomenal job with what he was given, you know, in post, you know, the Elfman, Raimi fallout. But God damn, Danny Elfman. God damn, you, you absolute legend. You absolute weird motherfucker. Thank you for everything. I grew up with these movies. I grew up with uh, the first Tim Burton Batman movie uh, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Those are like the three Danny Elfman scores that I am really super into. Those are are really, really good. Uh, The the last solid positive I wanted to bring up is that um, I think what these movies have that uh, a lot of other attempts at this character don't have is is simply staying power. Um, You remember it. You know what I mean? It, 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 even if you don't remember the broad strokes of the plot, you can easily conjure like iconic scenes in your head, even if you only saw the movie once and didn't think about it anymore. Uh, these movies, like they, they were memorable. They were events. They weren't on like the, the cultural level of like Harry Potter of like, you know, taking the world over uh, child by child. But, um, you know, the specifically one and two, I think they kind of got everybody's attention. Yes, definitely. It's it's weird to talk about, but America specifically had a huge media slump post 9-11. Definitely. Um, it almost did a lot of like studio sin, specifically my, my favorite band, They Might Be Giants. Uh, their album Mink Car came out on 9-11-01 in New York City, and that album sold so poorly, they were like, okay, what's, what's the next step? Are we just like done? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was a really rough time. Uh, if you like, look at the numbers. Late two thousand one and early two thousand two was just abysmal box office wise. There was a huge slump. And when Spider Man came out, I feel like you know, as 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 patriotic and dripping in Americana as like some of the trailers and end sequences are, they kind of just got everybody's attention focused back on you know, like, hey, remember movies? 
it, it, remember having fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a fun escapist movie. And, and while that isn't the only reason they have staying power, that's that's what it all boils down to. I think in the end is staying power. People remember yes. these movies and still talk about them and still make podcasts about them twenty years later. And I think part of that was because it was the first. It was the first Spider-Man movie, and there had been so much buildup. People would try to get Spider-Man movies made, and like there was the TV show in the '70s, the live-action one, which had like a mm-hmm. theatrical cut movie. Then uh, there was the Japanese show in the '80s, which had its own movie. But yeah, there were people trying to make movies in the '80s. Canon had the rights. James Cameron wanted to do a movie. There was there was so much buildup. Because I'm especially so after Cameron didn't make one, oh my god! god fucking, I've I've read bits of <laughs> I've read bits of that script. It would have sucked balls. Oh man! Uh, but especially after uh, Superman and Batman came out, DC was sort of on a roll? Question mark with movies. Some of those DC movies are not good. Um, you know, I I absolutely agree. Super, the later Superman sequels are like borderline MST3K movies. Yes. Uh, after those movies, Marvel was really playing catch up at that point. So mm-hmm. when that first Spider-Man movie came out, there was a real huge push for that movie. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's it's got it's yeah. got a it's got a real lasting power. Uh, yeah. But yes, that would be the end of my positives. Uh, do you want to go on yours? Uh, sure. My positives are just sort of one word things the first one i have is the biggest one is it gets the themes of the character right these are the first two when i when i praise this movie i'm specifically talking about one and two because i do not like the third one uh the the first two are are really just great pure spider-man stories they really are great at hearkening back to that lee ditko uh silver age sensibility of like this is our weird little story we're gonna tell. Uh, it's gonna be a little different from stuff you've seen before, but this is how we're gonna do it. Uh, I think Sam Raimi is an excellent choice for a director. Uh, it seemed like a weird choice at first, but I think it, it was sort of like uh, getting Tim Burton to direct the Batman movie. It was just sort of a, a good a good synergy of ideas. Uh, next thing I have is just sort of grandiosity. I guess that sort of connects into the Silver Age sensibility stuff, but it, this is a very... Th- those first two movies are very grand... And even the third movie, they're very grandiose. They have, they have lofty ambitions there. They have these big, soaring choral vocals, and everything is taken super seriously. Yeah, it's this wonderful blend of campiness that's played straight that just works. Yes, and there's parts of that that I don't enjoy, uh, but there's lots, but lots of it does land really well. Uh, I have the music written down, obviously. Uh, next thing I have is the action sequences. The, I, I did not have oh. a complaint about a single action sequence in this movie, other than maybe three. Uh, and even in three, I don't remember disliking an action sequence. I think I remember being vaguely bored in the conclusion of that movie, but that's just because I was, it's Spider-Man 3. I'm being jerked around for two and a half hours. Yeah. They're still well choreographed and they're still memorable. Yeah, those action sequences are still fun. Uh, they're they're well done, uh, especially for this trilogy exists in a weird time for superhero movies. This was after sort of the golden age of like the first Superman movie and the first Batman movie, where superhero movies were like, oh shit, we can actually like do these. 
we've gotten to the point where we can like make superhero movies that look good and are good. <laughs> but it was this it was sort of this mid two thousand this early to mid two thousands malaise period. Like Blade started it, uh, and then it was really ended when Iron Man came out. It was this weird period where Blade came out, and then Spider Man came up pretty soon afterwards, and X Men. All these superhero movies were trying to be taken like seriously. Like it was like a dark age. Yeah. It was it was really weird. Like we had the Fantastic Four movie movies, which weren't good. Uh, the Daredevil movie and the Elektra movie, which were trash. There was there was so much weird stuff going on. And out of all of this sort of malaise era before the modern superhero movies arose, there were these uh, movies that came out that were really, really good. Uh, the first two, at least. Um, yeah. And the last thing I have written down is humor, both intentional and unintentional. Yeah. The, these movies are very funny. Uh, it's not as focused on comedy as, uh, say, like the MCU is. And I like lots of the comedy in the MCU. But this one is a sort of a different style of comedy where it's more... There are specific comedic characters that do their jobs very well. And of course, Spider-Man 3, those beautiful moments. I don't know if that movie is supposed to be stupid. I don't think it is. But... Yeah, uh, I, I think it's meant to be something that only Sam Raimi can sit down and go, haha, to... I don't know. I don't know. Um, that movie is so weird. Generations of memes spawned from this Generations movie of memes. That your grandchildren will see one day. Generations of memes. But as we've learned from the Star Wars prequels, uh, memes do not equal quality of film. No. Which is why most of the memes come from Spider-Man 3. Uh, but yeah, that's my positives. So I suppose uh, I'll go ahead with my negatives. Uh, it's about the same, but not, you know, not too much to say that I haven't already said. Just kind of a general uh, catch up here. Uh, first and foremost, Sleepy Peter. Um, Toby, mem- a very memorable performance. He's a fun Spider-Man. His Peter comes across as very Xanaxy, very, very dull. Sometimes some- a little mopey more often than not, which is it worked for the character, but it's a detriment to the overall performance, I want to say. Yeah, I have my own statement about that, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. Absolutely. Even f- with considering the fact that this is a piece of Spider-Man media, most, if not all, of the interpersonal relationship portrayals in this movie are just are just horrible. No one is ever right in an argument. Um, it, it's it, and again, granted, this is Spider-Man, and that's just how things are for Spider-Man. He, he's got a, a spinning wheel of five women that make his life hell, and that he makes their lives hell in return. Yeah, it's. Peter's life is like that sometimes, but in the Raimi movies, it is always like that. And I'm like, it's, uh... it's a very unique and perplexing take on how relationships work. Mr. Raimi, um, as good as some of the performances I listed earlier were, I don't like how they did Gwen Stacy in these movies. They just God. made her like a nothing character. But I feel like that, I feel like Bryce Dallas Howard could have like worked with it. You know what I mean? Like she would have been a great, great Gwen Stacy if there was something for her to do. I haven't seen Bryce Dallas Howard in a whole lot, but I, f- I feel like she would be perfectly fine if she had been given a script that wasn't a complete clusterfuck. 
the other character I want to mention specifically that I think could have been done with, we got two movies with Dr. Connors in them and zero movies in this trilogy with the lizard in them. And I, I want to, and he was mentioned in the first one. They were going somewhere with this in four, but like, I feel like that's a long time to hold on to your lizard cards. You know what I mean? We could have gotten some goddamn Raimi lizard action here. And big, big circle, big underline Venom. Just everything to do with Venom. The Avi Arad bullshit, the studio interference, uh, it 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 ruined what other not ruined, but severely handicapped what could have been a movie just as it as one and two. Um, I wanted to make a brief shout out to our boy, the new goblin. Uh, I literally would have been fine with him just wearing Norman's suit and calling himself the Green Goblin. Like it wouldn't have been very original, but it's hairy. You know, it works. God. He's not very smart. But instead, we got like Mountain Dew personified I with don't... the new goblin. Um, it looks like he should be in a, a commercial for brisk iced tea. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a very specific burn. Um, he's like hoverboard and he's like, yeah, I love my crisp brisk. <laughs> Harry Osborne drinks it. That's that means it's cool. Uh, my final my final gripe, my final thorn with uh, the Spider-Man trilogy is that for as much as I love the campiness of it, uh, I have this kind of written down the middle of a positive and negative, but I guess it's closer to a negative. The campiness is sometimes a little too bizarre here and there to where it makes me realize I was really enjoying that. And then I got thrown by this. Uh, he wants cookies with nuts in them. What? There's a bunch of weird, corny Sam Raimi shit in these movies. Yeah, and they're yeah. fun. They're fun. They're really funny. But some of them just re- feel really out of place. I have a huge tolerance for Sam Raimi bullshit. But even even I go, hmm, here and there. And sometimes Sam Raimi bullshit works. Uh, like in the the hospital scene in Spider-Man 2. That's really great Sam Raimi bullshit. Oh, yeah. oh it really is. But then there's moments where lots of Spider-Man 3... Or spite me even moments in the first one, which I think is the best one, uh, where there's just weird Sam Raimi bullshit. It's like when the goblin breaks into the hospital and makes Aunt May finish praying. Yeah, he breaks into her fucking house, blows a hole in her house, and is like, "Finish it!" Oh, it is the house, not the, yeah. That's what's put her. That's what puts her in the hospital. I have that's probably like why she defaulted on the house payment in the second one. Because <laughs> yeah, there's a huge hole, giant hole in the wall. <laughs> She's lucky she didn't get skeletonized. Yeah, they had to turn those goblin bombs down to the lowest setting. So let's let's hear Lex's negatives. All right, uh, the big one, the big one, characterization. Mm-hmm. It was a gradual process for lots of these characters, but by by the end of Spider-Man Three, it's like a complete scorched earth of all of these characters are ruined. Um, yeah, there there almost was nowhere to go after this. Yeah, like... I don't know where to go from that movie. Uh, let's just go. I'm just gonna go real quick, character to character. Uh, Toby Maguire, Peter Parker. I never saw him as my definitive Peter Parker. Uh, he was always Peter is supposed to be like a wimp and a nerd at at first. Like I said before, he's a great Peter Parker before he gets bit by the spider. But then when he does get bit by the spider and he becomes Spider Man, and then there's two more movies after that, he doesn't really like grow or change. He's still just right constantly a complete goober and i'm like he doesn't do a lot of learning peter parker doesn't really act like that or at least he 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 can act like that but he should be able to like grow and progress as a person 
but Toby Maguire, I it's yeah, he's 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 hashtag not my Spider Man. Sure. Mary Jane Watson, as I've said before, especially in the Spider Man Two episode, I think she's great in the first movie. She's good for what she is, but the second and third movies are just so bad. They completely fuck with her character so much. They get in, there's this constant romantic will they won't they. It, it's nobody acts the way that they should. Peter and MJ have an argument, and both of them look like terrible people uh it's it's just not well done harry osborne is fine i guess uh i will agree with you that J. jonah jameson is great in this movie in these movies obviously he's the best part of the movies uh uncle ben is really well done uh i think norman osborne is fun uh it's not quite the i guess cold murderous bastard norman i would like to see in a movie um and Dr. Octopus, he's fine. But yeah, the characterization in these movies is so whack. I'm not into it. Uh, the next thing I have is some of the performances I didn't think were good. I've talked about how much Tobey Maguire's hashtag, not my Spider-Man. Kirsten Dunst is fine. James Franco kind of sucks in a lot of scenes. Yeah, yeah. he's He was interesting casting, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just saw him on Freaks and Geeks and said, get it. Should have had Seth Rogen be Harry Osborn. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> hey Peter, let's have some weed, dude. I do have a, I do have a like a, a weird fan cast that I have in my head of like my ideal Spider-Man cast, but I will save that for later. The next thing I have is just the melodrama. I t- I talked about the grandiosity as a positive, uh, but the oh, melodrama yeah. specifically in the relationships that Peter has. I'll, Peter in a lot of these movies is just shit on for no reason. Uh, and obviously Parker Luck is a factor in that. But right. it's, there's there's a point that it gets to where it's just kind of needlessly cruel and unnecessary and just only exists to create more conflict in the story. Uh, it's especially with the with the romantic shit in two and three. It's like this isn't fun or entertaining. Uh, this is just like miserable to watch. It's like I'm I'm trying to watch a Spider-Man movie, not a fucking Marriage Story. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, that's that's an apt comparison. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last part that I have is just the decaying writing. Spider-Man One, like as as I've said in the in my my recaps and my rankings, uh, I like Spider-Man One the best because I think it gets all of the themes of Spider-Man right. Uh, the characterizations haven't been horribly fucked up yet. Uh, it has my favorite villain of the trilogy. Uh, I just think it's the best done. And so by the time we get to two, is still really good. Sometimes it's even better than the first one. But there's lots of those character moments where, where things just start, the cracks start to show. Uh, and then by three, it's like the Berlin Wall is completely falling apart. <laughs> graffiti all over it. David Hasselhoff is hitting it with a sledgehammer. It's bad. Ron Dragon um, tears down the Spider-Man trilogy. Ronald Reagan personally tears down the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, but yeah, those are my negatives. Wow. And and yeah, yeah, every rose has its thorn. Every rose has say. its thorns. I guess, uh, do you want to move on to your overall, you have an overall thoughts? Yeah. I've got a, a little a little paragraph living here to do about it. Very, very concise. Uh, what I have here is, uh, at least this is where I was about 24 hours ago on it. 
Uh, Raimi's trilogy is a love letter to camp hero filmmaking. It's uh, it's like a natural evolution of like the idea of what Donner was going for with Superman, but with yes. Raimi's sensibilities completely intact still. Definitely. Uh, no, no, no sacrifices made there. It is a unique and iconic take on one of the greatest and arguably one of the most human heroes uh, ever to make the jump from page to screen. And he definitely made that jump more gracefully than other attempts, not only at his own character, but by and large, many uh, attempts at characters, such, such characters on the screen. Memorable performances. Uh, as I said earlier, generations of memes and no shortage of magic movie moments uh, that have already stood the test of time and outshine some even some of their modern counterparts. Um, I have n almost nothing on average, like overall and generally, if I had to recommend you a trilogy of movies just on that basis, the Spider-Man trilogy is fucking great. Um, it, it has its flaws. Most everything does, but it is some sincerely good filmmaking uh, and it's it's just been fun overall. And that's yeah. just about all I got. And I agree with you in a on a lot of points, but I am a little more uh focused on my critique in a lot of ways. Uh again, I agree with you. I think the first two movies are really great filmmaking by a fantastic director who really understands the material and we're really going to be uh it's going to be like walking through the fucking Gobi Desert in these next two movies because we're not going to have that. Um but having watched these movies a lot when I was a kid, uh especially the first two, I really enjoy them. I really love them. They're what made me, they're part of what made me love the character so much. But coming back to them now, there's just a lot of, it's hard for me to focus on the really, really good stuff and think like, oh, this is the best uh, trilogy of movies, uh, superhero movies ever. Because there's lots of general inconsistencies, especially, and especially totally. in the third movie, there's lots of studio meddling that keep me from calling that, calling these movies the best that the Spider-Man character has to offer. Uh, and they're very, they're very much deified nowadays. And while there is a lot of genuine appreciation for the craft, uh, if you go to like the Raimi memer circles, there's lots of people who like genuinely really like Sam Raimi's movies. Uh, lots of people I admire really like these movies and think they're really great and even the best of the character. But I think a lot of it, a lot of this like calling Spider-Man 2 the best superhero movie ever, I think a good chunk of that, not all of it, all lots of it is like i said genuine appreciation for the craft but a lot of it also comes out of nostalgic memories and like mm -hmm. meme value which i think has led a lot of people to not really look at them critically as like m movies about this character and i think that there's become such a rabid fan base around these movies that it's hard to criticize them i think i mean it's easier for us because we're such a small podcast that nobody listens oh, yeah. to <laughs> But yeah, it, it's 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 become every time you you try to say something about these movies, uh, that's vaguely negative. There's lots of people that will that will ardently defend these movies. They're very much like the Star Wars prequels. Lots of people watch them I, as I kids. Want, I, I want to say hand in hand with what you're saying, specifically um, because these were so okay to decent. Like even the worst ones, decent because yes. these were so. Of a of a quality level that the duology that followed them wasn't. 
I think that kind of also poisoned people's like heads a little bit in terms of the like deification you're talking about. Like you had these three on average, pretty okay, pretty great movies. And then you had the amazing duology come out and like they retroactively made the older ones better. in a lot of people's memories. I don't mean to jump into more Star Wars talk, but it's like when Rise of Skywalker came out and I saw lots of people being like, maybe The Last Jedi isn't that bad. <laughs> I just hate that it took The Rise of Skywalker to make people see To make people realize that, <laughs> that movie is actually really good. Oh, you um, want a bad Star Wars movie, huh? Here you go. <laughs> oh, you thought that one was bad. <laughs> but oh, no, I do boy. like The Last Jedi. Um, yeah, I think, again... I, I I feel like I've been a lot very overly negative in a lot of these reviews, but I want to say these first two Spider-Man movies, beyond the memes and the nostalgia goggles, they're really, really great, pure Spider-Man experiences. Mm-hmm. If I could recommend that one per- that a person only see one Spider-Man movie, I would recommend they see Into the Spider-Verse. But then after that, I would recommend they see the first Raimi Spider-Man film, because that is just... That is just such a, a tight encapsulation of everything, of almost everything that's great about the character. Uh, so it's, I don't want to say it's a mixed bag for me, but I feel like it's an old playground that you played a lot at when you were a kid. Uh, and you go back to it as an adult, and it's still really fun, but you know, you're starting to realize that the wood is rotting uh, in places. Uh, and the metal's a little rusted. Like it's it's fun it's fun to swing on the monkey bars, but you might get tetanus. Uh, yeah, that's my overall thoughts. That's very apt. Very apt. Uh, Alex, I'm gonna let you take the reins here when we talk about uh, Spider-Man Four. So yeah, the story essentially goes here. Uh, you know, and critically, uh. Three did not do great. Uh, audiences were weirded out by it. Critics didn't love it. However, it made a lot of money, as it we made discussed. The most uh, money. Yeah. It, it made some fucking cash. Enough cash to make Sony go, okay, do it again. And there was to be a Spider-Man 4 to release on, if I'm not mistaken, May 6th, 2011, a full uh, four years after Spider-Man 3. Um which is odd because there were only two years between one and two and only three years between uh, two and three. So this, this would be another year Uh, arguably because they needed to get it right. I think was, was the big important thing they uh, did get, uh, they somehow, I want to say the first draft of the script was the original Spider-Man writer. David Kep was brought back on board, which I think might've kind of steered the ship a little bit, bit back towards like, um, you know, maybe the, maybe that's what they were trying to get at was like the roots of it. You know, we wanted something that was more like Spider-Man one. However, Raimi constantly uh, was revising the script. Uh, I don't want I want to say there wasn't as much studio involvement, like meddling wise with this. There's there's only so much to go on. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're talking about an unsolved murder. This this <laughs> this movie there there is some that we can glean, but there's not like a definitive uh, amount of all the D- of, all the DNA know. evidence is gone. Yeah, exactly. They mopped all that up. We're working with, like, pictures of the bones here. Um, from what I read, there were four different revisions of the script. Uh, That's what and I also Raimi read. Didn't, Raimi did not love any of them. He, yeah, he, it actually, from what I read, he hated all of them. Nothing, yeah. none of it worked for him. 
And as it slowly died, uh, it was finally canceled. Raimi was exhausted. He he called these movies gigantic. Uh, it all came down to not having a story. Uh, the quote I have here is that it was an amicable and undramatic breakup. I believe uh, I have a pull quote here or something. Uh, one of the studio heads of Sony thanked him in an email for not wasting the studio's time and money. And, oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, that at least that's the way Raimi said it, that it was said to him. Um, he wanted to end on a high note with Spider-Man 4, and he just could not find that note. And finally, after all of this withered and died, and we had two years to grieve, in July of 2012, the Spider-Man movie franchise was rebooted. Four or five years after the last one, we're rebooting mm-hmm. them. We're hitting mm-hmm. them again. Yep, it had uh, only been... It had been barely 10 years since the first movie. Just barely. Yeah, I, ha- I, have a, I have a press release that Sony put out uh, when they canceled it. January uh, 11th, 2010 is when this article was written. Here's the press release. <clears throat> Peter Parker is going back to high school when the next Spider-Man hits theaters in the summer of 2012. Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios announced today that they are moving forward with a film based on a script by James Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the heirs to the Vanderbilt Empire. He wrote a Spider-Man movie uh, <laughs> that focuses on a teenager grappling with both contemporary human problems and amazing superhuman crises. This new chapter in the Spider-Man franchise produced by Columbia, Marvel Studios, and Avi Arad and Laura Ziskin will have a new cast and filmmaking team. Spider-Man 4 was to have been released in 2011, but had not yet gone into production. Uh, and there's a big quote about how we were going to make this movie uh but we're excited to do a reboot yeah (laughs) um let's see as far as my um as far as my fun facts go for uh spider-man 4 there's not uh, again like i said earlier it's like we're looking at pictures of the bones we've we're working so far past the autopsy of this thing that there's barely anything to go on most of my fun facts are more or less essentially what would have been or may have happened in the movie as opposed to you know, like production facts or anything like that. Um, the big takeaway from this is that um, from from everything I could glean, um, there were to be, again, multiple villains in this movie, but not on the scale that they had it in three. We would see like glimpses of Peter fighting villains in the street, that kind of thing. Like we wouldn't have a 45 minute rhino section, but we might have seen like the rhino at some point or something like that. Dylan Baker, uh, who played Professor Connors in two and three, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they did want to explore the lizard as uh, one of the villains, if not the villain of Spider-Man four. I heard about Um, that. I think it would have been fun. I don't know enough about the actor Dylan Baker to um, to to base like a level of excitement or anything on. Um, We did get a lizard eventually, but you'll hear all about that next week next week, dear listener. Um, (laughs) I think it could have been a fun idea. Um, John Malkovich was floated as uh, the Vulture, which I I I have a huge soft spot for John Malkovich. I think he's one of the uh, best like assholes in the business. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think he would have made a very very interesting uh, Vulture. Earlier uh, this year, I watched Con Air of all movies. Sure, uh, is he in that? He is. He's like the main villain in Con Air, and he's he's really he's actually really good in Con Air. Yeah, um, no. I, I, as far as like famous bald guys go, you could hurt for a worse vulture than Malkovich. He would have. I think he would have been. I think he would have been, been, been really good. 
especially with Raimi at the helm. I, especially I, with Raimi. See. So uh, it, it's kind of uh, taken on like a bit of a like a mytholo- mythologized status, but the idea was there in some storyboards and stuff that have come out there that Bruce Campbell would have been like a kind of overweight, like being arrested Mysterio. We'd see like the fishbowl come off and be Bruce Campbell. Uh, Bruce Campbell, I, I did a little research on this. He says that he didn't know anything about that, but then he's also separately been quoted as like, oh yeah, that would have happened. So maybe Bruce is just old and doesn't remember something from a movie that didn't even end up happening 20 years ago. He has more important things to worry about. I I haven't Um, said this on the podcast, uh, but my favorite Spider-Man villain is Mysterio. Uh, Oh, yeah. And when we get to the Mysterio movie, uh, he is a large part of the reason I really enjoy that movie. But having Bruce Campbell be Mysterio, I think, is would also be really good. Because having legendary B-movie actor Bruce Campbell as, like, washed-up actor Quentin Beck, I think that's a really great casting choice. And I think it would have been good. It would have been good. Oh, yeah. The last bit of casting that I think is interesting here is that we would have seen Anne Hathaway in this movie. Uh, She uh, supposedly was cast as Felicia Hardy. However, it's not 100% clear if she was going to be the Black Cat or not. Uh, some versions of the script had her as the Vulture's daughter, the Vultress. The, v- uh, <laughs> the Vultress! I, I, I can't oh. say that that idea thrills me. Was she going to wear it? Okay, my I, real question is, was she going to wear a sexy Vulture costume? How would that even work? <laughs> like a black leather Vulture costume. I'm just trying to imagine how the um, Raimi costume designers would even do a Vulture suit. I'm I'm not one of those people that has a definitive like girlfriend in mind for Peter, but I have always liked the black cat dynamic with uh, Spider-Man. I like um, Spider-Man is two people and I like the idea of like his his work interfering with his life in that kind of regard. Um, I it would have murdered me in my soul to have seen Spider-Man three and then see them do that to Felicia Hardy oh after God. doing it. Yeah, Stacey all, all of these. I don't know that. Yeah, all, all of these all of these ideas are fun to think about, but then you you realize that this is coming off of the heels of Spider-Man three, and I know that Raimi is in this movie was trying his ass off to make it really good, uh, but at the same time, it's like I don't know what they would have done. They haven't done Black Cat in the movie yet, and I don't know I'm how they would. For that, to be yeah, I don't know how they do it super well without making it feel like a a rip off of Catwoman. And now that Disney owns uh, Marvel, I seriously don't see them ever doing anything with her anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe in a couple, maybe a couple years later, and a couple movies later, uh, down yeah. the road when Tom Holland is older, I have no clue. They'll they'll give us Tom Holland with Deadpool before they give us Tom Holland with Black Cat. I do not want a Spider Man Deadpool movie. <laughs> it, it depends on how bad they want money. It would be funny, but I do not like the relationship that Spider-Man and Deadpool have in the comics. I think it's I'm just not I'm not super into Deadpool as a character. I've never overtly been like a Deadpool fan. Uh, I think I think it would be like I don't think it would make it past a pitch meeting. Yeah. Anything like that. My, my, problem, my problem is I don't I don't think it would be horribly in character for Peter Parker to be hanging out and palling around with a fucking murderer. <laughs> no, absolutely not. He'd be hanging out with daredevil before he'd be hanging out with deadpool yeah i i I honestly i'm one of those weirdos who thinks they should do uh a spider-man daredevil crossover that would be sick that would be sick as fuck 
if they get my god Charlie Cox on there, fucking kiss me. That would be so good. That'd be a great movie. I, I don't have much more fun fact stuff here, but I do have a couple things. Um, they were going to film Spider-Man 4 supposedly back-to-back with Spider-Man 5, and 6 was to be written after the fact, but of course, none of that happened. Uh, Raimi toyed with the idea of a Sinister 6 movie, and then immediately was like, no, I'm not going to do that after what I did with Spider-Man 3 with like the number of villains. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think he had a Sinister Six movie in him. People they're, 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 you're We're going to find out later on uh, that there is for some reason in the minds of Sony, there is a fucking compulsion to make a Sinister Six movie. They are super into the idea of a Sinister Six movie. They love setting them up and then doing nothing with it. Those Sony execs are creaming their Armani suits because they want a Sinister Six movie so bad. And I'm like, you can make a Sinister Six movie work. You just have to set it up. You have to have enough villains. So you gotta wait till, like, Spider-Man 6 or 7 for there to be a Sinister Six movie. I think Sony might have the most inept executives, like, outside. Sony is an awful film company, if you didn't know this. Just, just wretched. Decent animation here and there, but I'm not. But that's really the only positive I can list. Um, Spider-Man Four would have happened with or without Kirsten Dunst. Her contract was kind of in jeopardy. She wasn't. Uh, I don't remember the specifics of it. I don't know if like because of course McGuire would be back. James Franco would not. Uh, Harry's dead. Uh, there wouldn't be like a tremendous amount of returning cast for this movie outside of like those two if if dunst did not return but they would have made it without her even if she couldn't which strikes me as really odd yeah i feel like part of the key for spider-man is having a character to bounce off of uh mm-hmm. they do it in all of the movies um so especially after harry is dead and also was like an asshole in these movies it's hard it would it's yeah. hard to imagine what it would be like maybe they just do gwen stacy in like a weird role reversal where it would be mary jane and then gwen stacy so the opposite I, I really just think it's bizarre that they, they, they would have spent so much time and effort investing into MJ as a character here and then just, you know, oh, well, she moved away in the next movie. Like, OK, they were going right. to get married in this movie, but. Uh... <laughs> so and my last fun fact here, uh, by now, it's probably not like any kind of new news, but Sam Raimi is on tap uh, to direct Doctor Strange to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, he this this is his first return to any kind of like, uh, how do I want to phrase this? He's been doing a lot of producing lately. Uh, he produced that crawl movie that came out this year I last heard about year. That. You know, producing movies isn't really anything besides. Oh my god, I forgot it. he directed uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> oh god, we did both forget that. Wow. Oh my god. Uh, uh, so okay, a, yeah, he directed that movie. <laughs> It's been a while since Sam has done anything that I have wanted to go out and see. I was a little too young. It's been Jack worthwhile. Um, I I thought first Doctor Strange was okay. I've I've never overtly been a fan of the character. My my former roommate, my good friend Matt, he is a certified Doctor Strange nut. Um, so I know most of what I know about the character, uh, like via osmosis of living with him. Um, yeah. I am so stoked for Doctor Strange too. It's not even funny. They're they're in line. I don't know if Sam can resist the idea of working with Doctor Strange, who like Sam knows his shit. He's got he's got like more comic yeah. books than I have like made money in my life. Um, 
he knows his Doctor Strange, and I'm sure if he wanted to incorporate some of his past Spider-Man stuff, if he wants to pull the trigger on any kind of, even for just a scene, I don't know if he can resist that temptation. I don't know if he can resist the idea of like thinking this is what all the fans want. You know what I mean? I I would wager it's more likely than unlikely we'll get at least some kind of visual reference to the Spider-Man trilogy. There are Doctor Strange. There are about 10 billion rumors that are floating around about this movie, about about Multiverse of Madness, and about the third Spider-Man movie that I just don't yeah. believe any of them. Uh, yeah. Just, just because, because so many of them just sound completely out there. I, I do think that there is an easy moneymaker idea there to introduce the idea of a multiverse in the Doctor Strange movie and then to have multiple Spider-Men in the Spider-Man movie that follows it. I feel like that's yes. a natural plot plot to happen. But uh, I don't believe anything I ever hear when it comes to spoilers for these movies because exactly. they're always so off the map. Uh, they're always so, a, they're always so weird and disparate. The only time that ever changed to me was uh I, I i had really no interest in seeing endgame when in no, don't get me wrong i liked endgame but i had a lot going in my life at that point i was living in iowa uh and i, and I kind of didn't want to be I've, I've done a whole lot of stuff in the last few years and movies were not exactly at the forefront of like my, my my gotta go see this i did see endgame twice in the theater when it was in the theater it just wasn't like my gotta go do it thing at the yeah. moment and uh while i did end up loving it uh I'm fairly new to liking the MCU. I, I spent a lot of time shitting on it because I, you know, I, I've only recently stopped being such an asshole about like liking stuff and not liking stuff. I'd say within the last five years, I've gotten a lot better at that. Uh, we, yeah. we live, we learn. We grow. Uh, I, I like it now because it has Spider-Man in it completely, honestly, admittedly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the whole reason I like it. I'm greatly looking forward to what they can do with the character. Uh, I love that Raimi is on board for something to do with it. Whether or not they touch on Spider-Man in his movie, it'll it'll be a mystery. I'm sure I'm sure he knows his fans will be watching, and I, I, I'm genuinely curious to know if he'll resist the temptation. All I wonder is if it'll be them tastefully or if it'll be gratuitous, and there's really no way to know till we see it. And it's Sam Raimi we're talking about, so... I don't know. We will get there when we there look out for our our doctor strange episode because it's technically if, if they're in it we might movie. do a doctor strange episode as like a one-off i have no clue um what was the last movie toby did i know he was in that i think it was in that chess movie uh but he's Maybe hasn't find he's out. mostly been producing i think i think he's been googled more for that like tugboat mcguire article lately than anything it, i think it's click hole or whatever it's like top yeah. 10 times toby mcguire freaked out because nobody would call him tugboat or something let's see his most recent filmography uh oh he's the voice of the he's the narrator and the boss baby oh my god is he yeah he's he's adult tim slash narrator and boss baby how the mighty have fallen who am i are you sure you want to know I'm the boss. I'm the baby. boss baby's older brother. Oh my god! Uh, he is—he's in something. Oh, he's rumored to be in something coming out next year called Babylon as the character Irving Thalberg. That sounds like a character that would be played by Tobey Maguire. It's a Damien Chazelle. Uh, I like Damien Chazelle. I, well, hey, if he can get a performance out of Toby, you know. But yeah, yeah, I, I buy it. Okay, uh, I think Toby would be down for it, uh, especially if Sam yeah. was on board. 
but my oh, yeah. only problem is I don't think Andrew Garfield would be terribly interested in going back to the character because of how shittily he was treated by uh, Sony. I think that's a valid concern. Um, I do think, however, because Sony is shaking hands with Marvel to make these kind of things happen, maybe that might change things. Uh, different, different director, different company. Uh, it, it's all question marks until we know more. That, that's the only thing that has me questioning all these big Spider-Verse rumors. Uh, yeah. Is that I don't think Andrew Garfield is terribly interested. I know he loves the character, which is great, but I I don't think that he's super willing to return. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Well, I tell you what, I would love to be proven wrong. It'd be fun. I have my own statements on what I want that third Spider-Man movie to be, but I will wait until that episode. It'll be a doozy. I think that's about all I've got for Spider-Man the fourth. Yeah. So here we are at the crossroads. The Raimi trilogy is dead and buried in the ground. Uh, January 12th of 2010. uh, There's an article in Collider. Uh, It is called Spider-Man reboot already written. Film to be gritty, contemporary. Uh, yeah. It's both of those things. It is both gritty and contemporary, and contemporary only to the early 2010s. I don't want to spoil too much for my general opinions, though. I think that has become pretty obvious uh, throughout, I guess, both of our opinions on this these movies, because I think we have the same general thought process. I know you haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes, when we discuss it, it will be after my, my maiden watch of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, and, we, and you've I, seen I all the like, other movies we're covering, yes, right? I've seen every MCU Spider-Man. I've seen every MCU Spider-Man, and I've seen... I saw, TS, I saw The Amazing One uh, in theaters, yes. I actually only went and saw The Amazing Spider-Man 1 in the theaters because I went with a group of friends and a girl I liked at the time. And I was uh, like, yeah. I really don't want... I really don't want to go see this movie, but uh, I'll get to sit next to her. So I have only seen The Amazing Spider-Man one, once, one time. I saw it in the theater, uh, and I saw it in the theater uh, because I was twelve years old. <laughs> and earlier this year, I did end up watching The Amazing Spider-Man two. Uh, it was a bed or something. No, I just I I felt I felt the sirens call and I had to see it. Mm. Uh, I guess if we're kind of fucking up our usual layout, but well, fucking who cares? Uh, yeah, I felt the sirens call. I rented it on Amazon. I paid money to watch that movie. Yeah, wow. I think I think we can both generally agree. You having only seen one of them, me having seen one of them in the theater a long time ago, and seeing the second one very recently. Uh, these are going to be very bad movies. But they will be very good episodes of a podcast. They will be very good episodes of a podcast. <laughs> we we do this out of love. We do this out of out of love. Uh, We're starting our podcast empire. But yeah, these next two movies are going to be uh, painful. And yeah, we're you know fucking, I'm fucking, <laughs> fucking rambling at this point. I got to end this shit. Next next week, same spider time, same spider channel. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a question or a comment that you want us to read on next week's episode, be sure to send it to us at our email address, spideysignalspodcast at gmail.com, 
or shoot us a DM on our Twitter at Spidey Signals. Uh, next week, we're going to cover the amazing Spider Man. Lord have mercy. So until then, stay responsible. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Be safe. Spider Man.